Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com breadbox. Welcome to Quote Me, a weekly podcast that seeks to encourage, inspire, and lift you up to be all you were created to be. Words are powerful. Recognizing and celebrating the impact they have on our lives can comfort or challenge us, or both at once. I'm your host, Lindsay Schlegel, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I hope we can honor the truth, beauty, and goodness of well-chosen language, and so glorify God. Let's begin. My guest today is Teresa Kaiser. She is a Catholic books, Catholic children's book author of a number of books. She has an upcoming picture book with our Sunday visitor called Arthur, the Clumsy Altar Server Serves His First Mass, a book about serving God, um, maybe a, a, a blood pressure journey for the parents, uh, a board book called Little Catholic's Book of Liturgical Colors, which received the Catholic Writers Guild seal of approval for authentically Catholic content, and the preteen fantasy series The Monocore Chronicles, which received the 2016 Ippi Ippy, I think I'm saying that right, award for best juvenile fiction and is ripe with subtle Catholic symbolism and themes. Teresa is a speaker, book coach, and the host of a Catholic-themed writing contest at her website, TeresaKaiser.com. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks for hanging out. I love quotes. I love C.S. Lewis, and I love talking children's books. So we are <laughs> going to have a great time today. Um, can you share the quote that you brought today? So the quote that I brought is one that is close to my heart because it informs um, how I write as a children's book author and also the way that I mother. And this quote from C.S. Lewis is, since it is so likely that children will encounter cruel enemies, let them at least have heard about brave knights and heroic courage. I love that. There are a lot of cruel enemies out there that our kids are going to meet. And it seems sometimes like they're creeping closer and closer. Absolutely. I mean, it is just, I mean, as a mother, <laughs> as much as I want to, as much as we want to shield our children from suffering and difficulties, we just can't. Um, I have my, my first child was uh, lost to miscarriage and my second child suffers every hour from eczema. And as much as I want to take that suffering away from him, as much as I want him to have just an easy road, that's something I can't do. And it's just part of life. And so my, I guess the question remains then, what can we do? What can we do as parents? What can we do as people who care for children? Um, and I just love what C.S. Lewis proposes, which is, let them have heard about brave knights and heroic courage. Let them have heard about the good and the beautiful, what's true, um, what's, what's worthy. And so that's, um, that's really kind of the call. 
Yeah, and I think that's such a wonderful approach um, to parenthood because there's stuff that we just can't control. We can't control when a pet is going to die. We can't control when someone's going to get sick. We can't control global pandemics. Um, and my husband and I kind of have, have had conversations about this too, that the, the thing that we need to do, the thing that we want to do is prepare our children to handle these things. They need to know where their center is. They need to know what their identity is. They need to know who they are so that not if big, scary things come into their lives, but when some of these things, we don't know what they'll be, when these sufferings come into their lives, they can handle them and they can be an example to others and they can witness to people of what love and hope and joy really look like because those things are not based on the moment and they're not based on you know, whether what, what hand of cards you are dealt in your life. We can't, you're right, we can't control that as much as we want to. We can't, we know we can't control it for ourselves and we can't control it for our kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. It reminds me of, um, you know, Sam Wise in Lord of the Rings. Here's another, there is good in this world and it's worth fighting for. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can just uh, all the, the darkness, if you know that there's within whatever darkness or whatever struggle, if when we know that there is something worth holding on for going that one more moment, lasting through it, that one more hour, just waiting because you know that the dawn will rise, um, the sun will rise and the dawn will come, spring will come, there is good worth fighting for and waiting for. I mean, that's, that's just foundational. If we don't have that, um, then we'll flounder. Right, then we're only going to be looking at the present moment and that is going to determine even down to like whether or not we have a good day. And it's going to determine how we treat other people. And we're going to determine how we take care of ourselves. And it's going to determine whether or not we have a relationship with God. Because um, if we're only looking right now and we can't see behind us and we can't see ahead of us, then sometimes the moment is a really stinky place to be. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't Absolutely. feel like... It doesn't feel like the right thing. It doesn't feel like the way things, and so, you know, people say this isn't what it's supposed to be like. This year wasn't what it was supposed to be, but we can't know those things. You know, we can't, we can't determine that. And we can't really judge that because it's not our place to judge that. We don't have the the depth of vision that our Lord does. That's true. Yeah. And, and just being able to step outside what our own strength can accomplish or what we can envision. Um, because when those things fail or don't hold up to our circumstances. We need something bigger. And so I'm glad that you brought up God because as Christians, we we are blessed with this knowledge that the goodness, beauty, truth, virtue, courage, that it's um that it is. It exists before us and after us, the Alpha and the Omega. We don't have to worry about it just coming or going. Um, Although our experience of, of it might be might change over time, our experience of of God and what He allows us to experience, um, or how He decides to reveal Himself in that particular moment, can change over time. But He is, He exists, and He particularly loves us and wants to give good gifts to His children. Yeah. And so, I mean, what what more? Right. Can we give our own kids the knowing that, that even when we fail them or when we can't prevent suffering, that there is somebody who is watching over everything, who particularly loves them, who who has it under control. Absolutely. 
And you, so you have a special heart and a special gift for giving, um, breathing life into these these realities into children's literature. I want to ask you about your books, but first I want to ask you about any characters that you read growing up or even kids' books that you read as an adult. Um, like which characters really helped you see that? What drew your 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 pen to the page, as it were, or your fingers to the keyboard to to make you feel like this is what this is where you're called to be? Is there some book or character that really drew you to that? Oh man. <laughs> what's your favorite book yeah. <laughs> I'll say like in Ever After I could no sooner choose a favorite star in the heavens <laughs> but no I I I think I, I was really taken in by just the moments and stories that touched my heart I mean there there are some moments that just touched my heart the first one that comes to mind isn't one that I like love to read and read over and over but it stayed with me it was a chicken soup for the soul book called The Never Forgotten Doll. And it was so beautiful because it was the story of this little girl who had this kind of adopted grandmother. And the grandmother told her a story one day about how when she was a little girl, she um, had this gorgeous porcelain doll and that she got for her birthday. And that very day, her little brother pulled on the tablecloth and it crashed onto the floor. And so throughout the book, um, the little girl basically saves, spends all her money and restores an old antique porcelain doll as a birthday gift for this adopted grandmother. And it is just a moment of love and self-giving. And that kind of thing is, um, is just so powerful that a story can move a heart. Um, and so, I mean, that is just one example of many, 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 many examples. And I'm lucky that my parents read to me often. And um, and I started writing, uh, I think, just because, well, there's a whole story of how I wrote to this author and she wrote me back. And basically that kind of started me actually writing. But I was attracted to books because they are... Um, I, I can't remember who put it this way. They're a rehearsal for life. Yes. And through valiant heroes and good characters, through just these moments of love, you can kind of try that on. How does it feel to live that way? How does it feel um, to do that loving thing for that grandmother? Um, or how does it feel to be in Mordor, you know, <laughs> trying to reach it. Maybe that part doesn't feel so good, but you see through the story that it's worth it. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's more often, you're right, that a good story is more often about the emotional journey that you take as the reader than it is. I mean, this, the setting and the details are important and they, they need to transport you to that place. But I think the thing that um, makes a story feel universal is when when that emotional experience is honest and, and true to human life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's why you, I mean, you've got alter the clumsy altar server I'm thinking is not in the same backdrop as the, the monocore chronicles. Correct. <laughs> yes. Those Although are two very different worlds. Consider. What's that? That might be a spinoff you want to consider. Right. Yes. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. But, but the backdrop that they share 
is, um, I mean, in both, even in the fantasy world, it's, it comes from my own perspective as the author. Um, but it, even in that one, there is, there is good and there is, uh, something worth doing that is difficult and that maybe you feel, I mean, Arthur, he feels, so nervous about his own clumsiness. He has his own fault that gets in the way of what it is he really wants, which is to serve God as an altar server. He has always wanted to become an altar server, but he fumbles everything. And in the Monocore Chronicles, we have Corrine who is trying to get her family uh, safe. And, but she has her own hurdles and things that hold her back. And this is kind of the, the journey that we're all on is we, we want something, you know, uh, yeah. if we, maybe we want to live the good beauty truth. We want to live with virtue, but we have our faults and things that hold us back. And, um, and so each of those stories have that in common, but they are very different in that one is for um, preteens uh, who want to read about friendship and, um, maybe a little bit of a crush and adventures and dragons. And the other is just, it's a funny, um, real life. Uh, Arthur the Clumsy Altar Server uh, is, he's just, he's a boy trying to figure out how to do this simple thing um, that is not simple for him. It is, it no, is it's intimidating. Not yes. We underestimate what it takes to be an altar server. Absolutely. <laughs> incident and altar serving at our church last weekend involving a thurible and a hot coal it's fine um, <laughs> you know you watch them and you think this is oh I could do that I could do that I know everything they do but when it's you up there and you are the person that everybody's got their eyes on if you let that get to you exactly <laughs> that can be a challenge um, I've not altar served but I've lectured and I'm coming back to lecturing after a long time away like wait, when do I stand up? Wait, when I have to move the, shoot, what am I supposed to do next? Um, I always appreciate it when the priest nods, like, yes, like well, staring him down, like nod to me when it's time to go. <laughs> I got a nod when I waited a really long time to start the announcements. It was more like a any day now kind of a nod than, <laughs> than like, please proceed. I was like, sorry. Like, uh, oh my goodness. Um, well, we're actually, we are just about out of time, but I don't want to miss um, sharing about A Little Catholic's book of liturgical colors because it is such a great book, such a great book to bring, actually to bring to Mass um, for your little ones. We were talking before we started recording. It's also a great Easter basket gift. It's a great um, baptismal day gift or even baptism gift for a little one. Um, it's adorable. Can you talk a little about how that, that one came to be? Well, A Little Catholic's book of liturgical colors is near and dear to my heart. This is my first board book that came out and it came out when my son was a baby. So it was just kind of perfect timing for him. And it also, um, it is basically a way to introduce God's love to the child through the meaning of the liturgical colors and what they see at mass. Um, because it all comes back to God's love. This is, I was holding him in my arms one day um, as I was beginning my writing, my children's book writing journey specifically for little children, just thinking, what is it? Like, there are some things I just want you to know. I want you to know this down to your core. And um, and so this uh, rhyming 
liturgical colors book is um it's just a very first introduction using a lot of scriptural language to the god who loves him um through what he sees at mass awesome i know that's something either i still use with the, you know the idea of liturgical colors with my older kids um especially when we switch into advent and then we get to gaudete sunday um and in lent and um you know, someone, a kid kind of has not been paying attention very much lately or ever. Um, kind of good on the way to mass. What color is he going to wear today? Or on the way home, did you notice what color father was wearing today? You know, we go on a Saturday. Why was it red today? Why was it white today? Um, so it helps, it, it can kind of help them draw in because it's something they can notice very easily. It's very easy to see what color the priest is wearing. Um, and, and to start to teach them even, you know, seven or eight year old about, why we're doing the things that we're doing and the whole liturgical year, the whole life of the church that way. So I found that that is, it's not just for little kids. It's a kind of a good, a good starting point for a conversation about um, maybe on the way home, like what did we just do and why did we do it? That's beautiful. Um, I'm looking forward to when our family is that age and we can have those kind of discussions. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. And that book is from Holy Heroes, um, which I'm going to link to because um I love Holy Heroes. I, we, my kids have learned so much through their Lenten adventure, their Advent adventure. We did their um, summer camp last year because summer camp was not really a thing. We were we didn't go out to summer camps last year. Um, our family didn't. So we had our cousins um, come over and we did their Bible school at home. So it felt like a big deal, but it was just one other family coming over. Um, and the, the program was fantastic. So everything from Holy Heroes, I'm just in love with. Um, so it was so good to connect with you. Um, thanks so much for hanging out with me. You too, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review wherever you find your shows, and tell a friend. Until next time, God bless you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.